When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app and answer a few questions. With Angie, you can book instantly at an upfront price or request and compare quotes from multiple pros so you can find the best price for your project. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 649. It's a very foggy day in St. Louis, Missouri today. Uh, I'm playing the pageant theater tonight and uh, a bunch of other dates at funcomfortabletour.com. Oh, that's another date being added. That just happened. And other dates are coming in. Go to funcomfortabletour.com. See, now I could let that go, but I didn't make a sound effect to make it sound like another date was adding its... I use an email notification service, all right? It's a plug-in for Chrome. And it was telling me that I have an email coming in, and I can't lie, it's not about a date at all. I, I think it was from my friend Dave Anthony, I'm not sure. But uh, in any case, funcomfortabletour.com for all the tour dates. And uh, let's go to the Nerdist Community Corkboard. You guys are out there doing stuff. I want to try to help you. So, as I said, I'm in St. Louis. This is for March 14th, Pi Day, 314, and a 31415. So, at March 14th... Oh, that's another email coming in. Oh, hey, Rain Wilson. Uh, March 14th, 2015, at 31415923. So, at... Uh, at 9 minutes and 23 seconds on March 14th of 2015. Uh, do something. Kiss a person. Or fist pump the air. Or just take a moment uh, to be mindful of things. Uh, here's what's going on March 14th in St. Louis. The St. Louis Craft Mafia presents Green with Indy, an eco-friendly craft show from 10 to 5 at Webster University. Come out and pick up some handmade eco-friendly goods. Stop by the photo booth. Uh... See if you can spot the Craft Yeti. For more information, go to greenwithindiecraftshow.com. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Kelly Fisney, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but it's F-I-S-N-E, paints customized shoes and sells them through Etsy. Uh, she paints Doctor Who-themed shoes, Deadpool, other comic books. If you go to shoesthingsinpaintings.com, that's not I-N, it's the letter N. So shoe things N paintings. Or just search Shoe Things and Paintings on Etsy and you'll find it. And the cinematic pop band The Modern Electric is releasing a new album this June called Original Motion Picture Soundtrack, produced by Mike McCarthy of Spoon. And uh, go to themodernelectric.com to see their music and or videos. And that's what's happening from you, the Nerdist community. Uh, This episode is Josh McDermott, who you may recognize from a little show called The Walking Dead, which is... uh, a zombie show. It'll never catch on. But uh, Josh is actually a stand-up and a very funny comedian, and he crushed when he was on At Midnight a few weeks ago, 
And uh, he's, a, he's a good dude. He plays Eugene uh, on The Walking Dead. And uh, I'm glad we were able to snag him while he was in town to, uh, to trap his soul on the podcast. This, all right. And now here's Nerds Podcast number 649 with Josh McSpermit. For that joke to make sense, you're going to have to watch the episode when Kirkman and Lauren Cohan and Josh were on at midnight. So if you don't do that, just know that if you heard that just now and got the reference... Uh, oh, the joy it would bring your life right now. So, this, Katie, start the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. The guest book? Yeah, you're stroking Chewbacca. <laughs> I want to. It feels really good. Yeah, he likes that. Of course it feels good. It would fucking feel amazing to pet Chewbacca. It, well, I sort of feel like... How often do you think he showers? Chewbacca? Yeah. I don't think they I do. Know, I don't think the Falcon has the facilities for that kind of thing. The Falcon... They would have to have a... Sh- well, no, then the drain would get super clogged. And- well, they probably don't do it on the Falcon, but like if they land somewhere and then they have like a, an extra day or two, he goes for like a like the equivalent of a truck stop. I think he has a bunch of... Um, I bet the natural... There's like a natural springs in the Hoth base. That they he either cleans himself uh, uh, uh-uh. or... He uh, or he forces a bunch of uh, like uh, Ewoks, like like pet to Ewoks, him. to wash him. Yeah, like a Korean spa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but with Ewoks. And yeah, they and, just scrub. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like an ordeal. And then they, you know, give him a handy at the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a... what if like Chewbacca or Wookies as a as a as a race. What if they just like sweat, but it just smells like lilacs? It doesn't. I don't think it would. It doesn't. You're Dude, saying that as a fact? They're they're like they're basically like a humanoid bipedal dog. You don't know species. what the planet's like. You don't know what is coming out of them. What they're sweating. But they probably. I would imagine Could that smell like bacon. I would imagine that Wookies are not vegetarians, right? So he probably just eats. He's like got a, the meat sweats he like eats all like meat the time. Sweats. Yeah, it's just like there smells like brisket. You yeah. just, I'm into that. You yeah. just look at him. You just go that that thing stinks. <laughs> like, you can see someone walking down the street, and you can tell that they're probably farting all the time, bet, or they don't uh, shower. That's what I would get with the, when you look at a like Wookie. a Wookies would have like eye boogers I mean, and even, like yeah. like crusty even little if noses. You look at Peter Weller. He looks like he doesn't smell great. You mean, oh, wait, no, no, you don't mean Peter <laughs> I Weller. Mean, um, fucking, what's his name? What's Chewbacca's name? Peter, Peter Weller, by the way, does not look like he smells great right outside of the Robocop suit. Peter, Peter May. Mayhew. Mayhew, there Peter you Mayhew. go. By Willie Nelson did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when yesterday, yesterday Chris thought Kenny Rogers was Willie no, Nelson. No, I didn't think Kenny Rogers was Willie he Nelson. I thought Kenny Rogers was Willie Nelson. I thought my friend was in a commercial with Willie Nelson because I'd only seen it once. And then I was like, oh, no. It was, they said, oh, it was actually Kenny Rogers. I didn't actually mix them up. Like, No, you did because in your mind you were like, you know, they did the song and they were gambling. Yeah. And, you know, the gambler. For some reason in my head, in like Willie Nelson got painted in because I had just come back from vacation. Uh, I've met Peter Weller for the record and he smells lovely. Peter Weller does? Peter Mayhew, I don't know. Peter Weller is like an architecture professor. Wow. He's, uh, yeah, ancient uh, history. I Peter, I did like a Comic-Con thing with uh, Peter Mayhew, and I think he just like sits the whole time 
and probably like signs the autographs or yeah. whatever. I would imagine he's not generating a lot of sweat. Oh, maybe he's so great. maybe he smells delightful. He probably smells like whatever the uh, Omni is uh, using for soap over at Comic Con. That's probably what he smells. <laughs> he smells like Comic Con soap because yeah. he does the circuit. You know, <laughs> Hotel so soaps. The, you're like the oh, you're in Cincinnati, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hampton Inn. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Listen, I, the beds are comfy. I know those. So- I know those. Uh, that soap smell. Oh, I do too. Did I you? Bring my own soap. Were you touring? Were you doing touring with stand up, or do you, or do you just do? Were you just a sketch guy? Uh, no, I did. I toured on. You stand-up. toured as a stand up. Yeah. Yeah. I would go out with like Rogan. And, right, right, uh, right. No, right, right, right. I would do stuff with. Um, I guess I think I had the same agent as Chris Titus for oh, okay. a while, and so we would. He would just shove me on his shows. Nice. Which, I mean, it's hilarious. Like people. I mean, you get stuck with some comics, and I don't want to say stuck, but you get you know put together with them. And, like, they have their own audience or whatever, and anyone else who gets on stage are like, screw that guy. We don't want to see him. We want to see our guy that we came to see. But Chris Titus, like, they're kind of, like, of that rabid nature, except their mindset is almost like, if Chris Titus approves you, then we like you. you right. Know? And, like, oh, they were good. always some of the best shows ever. That's nice. I loved it. Yeah, it, it can be tricky opening for bands or, like, oh, yeah. or like super famous. Like, you wouldn't, I don't think you'd want to open for, like, uh, Chris Rock or no. so you know like cause you you know it's easy what? opening for that guy it's easy yeah mm-hmm. real nice audience yeah right. they're nice <laughs> yep. they are they're nice they are. Yeah. yeah they're, they're sweet they're that's sweet. what you want you want someone like when I was doing stuff with Rogan it would be I mean I had some of the best shows and some of the worst shows because I just didn't know how to handle his MMA crowd that right. was coming out because they're all like juiced up and everything and um, I remember we were at the uh I think it was like the House of Blues in San Diego. And you know Joey Diaz? Yeah. yeah so Joey's like real gruff and like in your face and everything. And Joey's hosting the show. And he goes out there and does like 45 minutes as the host. <laughs> and I think they told him to do like 15, but he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'll do whatever I want. You Which know? To people, to, to a non comic, uh, just explaining like that's not something that is normally done. No. Like 15 minutes is pushing it for a host. Like yeah. you don't need to do that. But. You know, that's Rogan's crowd. So then I'm supposed to come out and do 30. And I'm thinking, geez, man, I'm going to be halfway through my set. And these, it's going to be an hour that these people have been sitting through comics that they don't want to see. They want to see Rogan. And literally everyone's wearing like a tap out shirt or like, you know, I'm just being very, I'm just stereotyping right now. But, um, you know, some started, of them were affliction shirts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's just be honest. Some of them had, let's say, an affliction. <laughs> but they were, they were like, they started heckling me right away. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not prepared for this at all. And I remember someone telling me, and it was probably bad advice, but like with a crowd like that, you can't let them show weakness. Right, 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 right. So you just have to like get back in there. I think it was like they were talking about Bill Hicks had like, would just like totally destroy someone on the front row. And Hicks would. And then Bill Bill Burr is amazing at that. And Greg Proops is amazing at that. Well, I have zero experience doing that because I'm like, if you like are aggressive to me, I'm like, and I run, you know? So I'm like, I got to stand up for myself with these people. And just one guy, you know, they're shouting stuff or whatever. And then clear, and this is House of Blues, so it's big and cavernous. This guy goes, where's Rogan? And I go, he's in the back fucking your girlfriend. (laughs) Like that. And just I hear... Ooh. <laughs> I was like, no, Which and I very like, surprising to me. I would have thought I would I know, think I was like, like that. That yeah. was like a zinger, man. I yeah. nailed it. No, man, they did not like that. And then <laughs> they would cheer, and then you'd hear, "Well, when's he gonna fuck my girlfriend?" <laughs> <laughs> so then they, uh, like, they're just booing me, and I'm like, I had ten minutes left, so I start cutting my time. Like, I'm like, sure. okay, I could probably do five or whatever. <laughs> 
so I, I'm getting off stage. I'm like, all right, thanks. You guys have been great. Like, there's kind of zero cheering. But it sounds for like me. they had not been great. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, thanks. They, you've been the, an audience. The thing, yeah, <laughs> you've sat there. <laughs> the things you say at the end of your show sure. or whatever. But I'm, I'm kind of slinking off stage, and Joey Diaz comes back out and grabs my wrist like I'm a boxer, and he's like, "Get back out here, motherfucker!" And he comes out, he he walks right up to the mic, and he throws my arm up like I just like won a boxing match. And he goes, <laughs> "Cheer for him, you pieces of shit!" Blah, blah, blah. And like, there's just like. Uh, like oh, no. <laughs> slow building climb, and I was like, "Let me get out of here, please." <laughs> and then uh, the next night, we went to some place in Agora Hills, the Canyon Club or something like that. Yeah. And it was just like me, only me and Rogan. So I was like, "Okay, cool. I'm gonna just you know have a good show. I don't have to deal with Joey Diaz." And it was like even worse. <laughs> and I was like, started questioning my you know comedic abilities. I didn't know, but it's a. Fun it's, learning experience, though, right? Oh, to yeah. have to steeplechase through through a crowd that's not your crowd. Yeah, it's difficult. It is absolutely difficult. There are some audiences where there is very. I mean, I don't know. I guess one school of thought would be, yeah, you know, you can get up in there and start punching them in the face, and then and then for, win them over. But there are some crowds that are just like they're just programmed to. I they just want to see that one guy. And yeah. there's nothing, there's really, it doesn't matter what you say, they're not going to be on your side because yeah. you are the barrier in between. And of course, they're not really smart enough or care enough to realize it doesn't work that the guy you want to see just comes right out. Right. It just doesn't work that no. way. Like you have to, I mean, so maybe maybe warming them up for them is just like, it's just get, getting them upset so that they can. It's yeah. It's it's almost like you just want your crowd to be at that point where like finally I'll laugh at anything now that he's out here. You know, <laughs> like maybe the headliner doesn't have the material that he needs, and then the he can come out because like they're finally just waiting. You know, and for it's him, so you know? it's so funny too because it's so funny to look at because cra- uh, and obviously you know we're, this is a, this is a blanket statement because uh, Rogan's a sweet sweet guy. Yeah, he's a great guy, and and a lot of his fans are great people too. But sometimes. When you kind of get when you when you when you get a certain element together in one room, and then they're uh, as much as laughter is contagious, their impatient aggression can be contagious as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, I I noticed that his crowds, and, and maybe they only changed to me. Maybe they were always the same people to him, but like they did change when he started doing the podcast because he got all these very intellectual fans, yeah. like people who are deep thinkers, and that's what they're drawn to with him is because he doesn't. Rogan will talk, man. Mm-hmm. You just like all you have to do is sit back and let him talk, and he just—I don't know how he has such recall on so many things. And I mean, he's a brilliant comic and all this, so his crowd loves that. But there was that time in between, like Fear Factor and the podcast, where he was kind of just doing MMA stuff, right? And it was almost like those are the people, like, yeah, now let's go get it, you know? And they just went to his shows, and it was like that's the time I was in there. So it was—it's almost like that that crowd that likes to go to matches and watch people beat the shit out of each other in a cage didn't want to sit quietly no (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know and listen to you spin yarns right yeah i they they don't want to hear my silly humor here's what you got to do is the next time you're in that situation you got to grab the guy in the front row literally tear his head off his body (laughs) and then just put it like just like pike it on the mic stand and be like all right and then start doing yeah. your, and then that will, you know. Yeah. So I went to the grocery store right. yesterday. Oh, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> if they're not, if they're not clapping at the start Were of you your joke, like milk? they recognize it, just point at Were the you head. Buying muscle milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dummy. So are you? Have you? Are you doing stand up in between seasons? 
Um, I'm starting to show my face again. Because I hadn't, I actually kind of stopped in a sense. There was like, I did one of those industry showcases. This was like, uh, I don't know, a year and a half ago or whatever. And it was like around pilot season, which is, you know, for people that don't know, it's kind of the time of year where all the networks are casting their shows that they might want to put on air. And it's the time of, of the year where actors feel the most depressed. Yes, absolutely. And so I, my, like my wife had just like broke her knee and needed knee surgery. And like, I was like my, the show I was on had just been canceled. And I was like in this really like vulnerable state. And like, I was kind of getting angry and everything. And, um, I was already kind of feeling crappy about doing stand-up, especially in L.A., just because I never felt like I could write new material and get an accurate gauge. Oh, it's tough. It's, it's tough here. It's really difficult. Yeah. And so then I would, like, I would go on the road, and like, I would get a better feel for like, my material and everything, but then I'm like, I don't want to be on the road. I want to be in L.A. like on a TV show or something, right? So my agent reps all these comics, and he sets up this industry showcase, and you know, an industry showcase is not the the best place to do a show. <laughs> they're like some of the worst shows you can do because they're just, it's all like casting directors and producers and all these people that are just sitting there judging you of like, how can, what can we put him in? What project of mine would be, you know, best be fit for. And um, also some of them are dead inside. Yes. They just don't laugh. Right. So I go in there and it's like all my agents, clients are on there and Lonnie love is hosting. Mm-hmm. She's one of them. And she's like crushing as the host, which is like hard to do as a host to begin with, like straight off the bat, but in an industry room. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a fun show. Here we go. She's destroying. She's like, oh, everyone's hilarious on this show. You're going to want to put them in every one of your TV shows and whatever, whatever. And she brings me up and I ate it for like nine minutes. Were you the first comic? I was the first comic. And like, it was crickets. And I just like, I was like, I was already like feeling shitty about stand up and everything. And I was just, I I feel like a whiner right now. No, 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 no. no, But, I was just like, oh, this sucks. And I just like stuck to my guns. I was trying to be as likable as possible so that maybe <laughs> someone's like, no, okay, I'll put them in something. you know? Right. And um, I get off stage. And this was like a bomb. Because, look, I did stand-up for 12 years at that point. And I hadn't bombed like that since like year two. Mm-hmm. Like that kind where you just like really reevaluate everything about your life. You're like, yeah. oh, this sucks. And so I get off stage and Lonnie Love comes back up. And she goes, well, I lied. They're not all going to be funny. <gasps> Boom. Huge laugh. Which, like... No! I Why would she throw you under the bus? I know, like, I'm, I'm already under the bus. You don't have to back up over <laughs> me, you know? But, like, I felt... Like, that's hilarious. And, like, if it were any other show, I'd be like, oh... That's great. That's funny. But like on that show, I was already like, like no, like, why would in the you? depths of despair. And yeah. I was like eye to eye with my agent at that point. And he's like, he was at a loss for words. He's like, sorry, oh. man. And then someone on the front row goes, oh, I thought he was funny. And she goes, you were laughing? She goes, yeah. She goes, no, you weren't. Ain't nobody in here was laughing. No! I was like, no. So I went and stop? sat on the curb and I was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, no. But it was like, so I'd only done like five shows after that. Because I just wasn't, I wasn't into it, you know. I kind of lost it, and um, at, but at that point, I actually had more fun doing those shows because I wasn't like putting all my eggs in those baskets of just like you never know who's in the audience, and right. I could get cast in something, and so I would just go on stage and just like dick around, and like there was this one show I did where I had, um, I walked out and I, I I worked up a sweat before I went out, and then I just said, uh, I was like, oh, sorry, I'm a little out of breath, and. Then it started went into my material and I'm like wiping my sweat and everything, and then I started telling a joke and I, I was like, yeah, so so you ever notice? And I started like started faking a heart attack on stage, and uh, this went on for like a minute 
and like people, it got really quiet and eerie. And then uh, I said, I'm sorry. And I just like crawled over to my, my jacket, which was on the stage, and I pulled out a Big Mac. And I said, I'm just having a Big Mac attack. And I just ate. <laughs> it was just stupid, right? <laughs> but like the release at that moment, like people were just laughing so hard. And I was like, oh, stand-up's fun again. But then like the next week I booked The Walking Dead, and then I, wasn't a, I haven't done stand-up since. <laughs> so I'm just like, Wait, do I still love it or what, what's going on? Well, you probably shouldn't have taken the show so that you could really reinvigorate your love of stand-up. Yeah, I'm like, oh, let's, let's retool this Big Mac bit. <laughs> well, what's going to be interesting is going on the road now because obviously people know who you are and seeing if uh you know just seeing what people's expectations are of, yeah because uh you know St- steve young has a comedy background as well but people don't know him as a comedy guy right and so people have this perception of of you as well although i will say eugene is a much quirkier character sure so i think i think i think it'd be interesting to you know, if you could go do a show and and not have people show up and be like, talk about Walking Dead! I you know? know. Like, I'm going to have to, but yeah. there's also, like, I don't know what to talk about. Here's all the season nine spoilers, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> for the next season. But there's, like, you know, because people are always like, oh, I'm sure it's, like, a, you know, it's such a heavy set to be on and, like, emotionally draining, but, like, you guys probably have a good time. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fun to be there. And like, like, what? And then I'm like blanking on stories. <laughs> and a lot of them are just, like, situational. Where I'm like, well, you had to be there, you know? So I just don't know what to talk about. That's part of my hesitation of like going back out on a tour. Or but I think you have an easy out, which is like not allowed to talk about anything. Yeah, yeah, but you got to talk about something. You got to talk about like well, you can just Lincoln. make stuff up. You can just make stuff up. Yeah, Norman Reedus will not walk on set without lettuce cups. Like yeah, that, like you can just make up things. Oh, so that so that's how you write. You could lie. <laughs> yeah. That's you, what writing is? It's oh. lying. You're so lying. Lie to the audience that. as much as possible. He really was having a Big Mac attack. He didn't plan <laughs> that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks everything's truthful. It just yeah. happened in that moment. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I also need to write, like, a new act. Because, like, half my stuff just isn't going to work now. Because, like, I was still doing, I mean, I'm married, but I was doing jokes about, like, oh, I'm a single loser living with my dad. <laughs> you know, like, I should have written all these new jokes long ago. Right. But... Um, I just can't do that now. People just know too much about me. You could me. be like, I'm a single loser living with my wife. Like, you just changed. <laughs> <laughs> like, the like the laziest writer. I got a whole new hour. I just changed three words. <laughs> it totally changes the meaning. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Comedy Central. You want to put me on? Like, sure. Yeah. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's that easy. Like, everyone's like trying to audition to get, on, get well, their stand up sets on TV. But no all one's, you have to do is No call. one's calling our booking phone. I just yeah. don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Any messages today? No, yeah. not one. Sitting here, it is, it's a, it's we a put the like, number in every movie. It's five 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 one two three four. There's there's generally not ever good advice that follows the words. You know what you ought to do? Like there's almost never advice oh, that never. you can apply in, in the in the real world. You know what you ought to do is just get on one of those shows. Like people are always like, "Oh, you're a comic. You should just get on one of those comedy shows. Yeah, go 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 be on Leno. Yeah, you should be on Leno. You don't be on Letterman. How hard that is. Why don't you host Letterman? You should just take over for Letterman. <laughs> well, okay. One time, my dad told me, "You know what you ought to do is just put the tip in, and it's been great." Wait, I don't understand. What? Uh, what, what are you don't talking worry, about, Matt? Come on, <laughs> come on, Matt. Matt, we were just talking about. We okay. were just having fun, and then you just got weird. Big Mac attack. Yeah, now you're <laughs> Matt. Matt, I just want to. <laughs> I'm like endlessly in my head. Since you've told the story, on a loop, it's been happening. 
<laughs> on a loop. But does that mean that every time you do that bit, you have to go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac and wait in line? And yeah, I mean yeah. it's like embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have a Big Mac. So hey, I'm coming to your show in a minute. Uh, okay, don't no, no, shh, don't tell anyone. If anybody asks, I got chicken nuggets. <laughs> hey, there's that guy. I just saw him at McDonald's. Oh fuck! You're ruining my bit. Stop it. Did you see? Did We're you helping. See? There's like they're selling like a hundred chicken nuggets for like. 10 bucks now in some places what yeah 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 it's like supposed to feed your whole family or something that's uh, just like well, i don't a, i don't get it i i'm at a loss i wish that i was still eating that i've pressure. had mcdonald's one time in probably the last 10 years and uh and i, I hadn't had it in so long it was really good like the chi- like the cheeseburger fries like chris is loving it I was lo- I was loving it. It was it was really good, but I just I know that if I started eating it regularly, I probably wouldn't feel that great. I I remember not feeling amazing. No, you right feel afterwards. fine. By the way, this episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> McDonald's.com/slash/nerdist for your discount not, code. They don't they don't pay it. you. They just give you monopoly pieces. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I already got the hat. Yeah. <laughs> I want the car. I don't. I I try to not eat fast food, but then every once in a while, like even last night, I was like, I need some Taco Bell now. Yep. And I, I, I'll drive so you to made a run Taco for the border? Bell. I, yeah, go for the fourth meal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, fourth meal's great. But I didn't, I didn't go through the line, thankfully. But like, I had no self-control and drove to the Taco Bell and like just sat there. And then I just drove away. I was like, oh, yeah, victory. What is your Taco Bell? Uh, what's, what's your Taco Bell dish of choice? Um, I mean, it depends on the mood. Mm-hmm. But I do like a good beef combo burrito. Mm-hmm. Sure. What's I mean, yours? Uh, when I was when I was doing it, it would be a Crunchwrap Supreme. It was the perfect driving food. Oh, I'm yeah. a, I'm a fan of the double decker taco. Yeah, which is because I like the textures. You like the soft and crunchy. I used to eat. Well, that's what the Crunchwrap Supreme is. When I when I worked, I worked at K Rock from '95 to '98, and there was a Taco Bell almost across the street from the K Rock building. That's dangerous. And they were open. Might have been open 24 hours because uh, there was about a month where I was doing the Kevin and Bean show, and I would go in at. I would get I would get double decker tacos at like six in the morning. Oh my god! And just eat them for breakfast. I was young at the time, yeah. so that I was completely bulletproof. Right. Um, but uh, now I think about doing that, and I I would have to call in sick for work. Like I would never be able to. I, it's not good. <laughs> it is not good for you. I never feel great afterwards. And there's em- a, emotionally or physically. Well, yeah, there's a Taco Bell across the street from my house, and but it's so hard to get into. I'm like thankful. Velvet rope, like it's like super, super exclusive. <laughs> yeah, you got to be on a list, and oh, it's not good. It just shames you. But it's you know the 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 fact that it's so close and so hard to get into. I'm just like very thankful. Otherwise, I would be there every day. I'm glad that I don't live across the street from like an In and Out or like a Five Guys or mm. something that every night where I was going home would be like, "Are you sure this you is easier?" It's right there. Yeah, I'm very very lucky. Like I, you know, I don't eat fast food very often but whenever someone comes in from la to la to visit they want to go to in and out so i take them and thankfully they have protein style fuck you but know i stare at their fucking fries like nobody's all oh, the fries man. you know what there is not too far from where i live is a tommy's mm-hmm. you ever been to tommy's no i lived very close <sighs> to that tommy's and i had never gone <sighs> fuck it's so and now that tommy doesn't tommy's number nine <laughs> tommy's when um, when I was in high school, we and I went to high school in LA for a year. We had off campus lunch, um, as seniors had off campus lunch, and so there was a there was a Tommy's not far from where I went to high school, which was Loyola High School uh, da- downtown, and it was just enough time to get to the Tommy's and then get back to campus. 
And then at UCLA, there was a Tommy's shack in Westwood. And it's the fucking, it's so bad for you because it's basically chili oh. burgers with just like this super melty cheese oh. and these th- skinny fries that are unfucking believable. And especially, I remember in the drunk days of Peter Hardwick, uh, two o'clock in the morning, Tommy's. And I would wake up the next morning and be like, why is there a brick in my stomach? I'd see the empty box oh. and then just like dried chili on the paper. Oh. Sometimes I would actually just chew the chili oh. off the paper. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a low point. <laughs> it wasn't the lowest. Somebody uh, posted, I saw it on Reddit today, they had uh, gotten a Taco Bell meal two years ago and uh, just put it out as a sort of a science experiment to see what it would look like in two years. It looks the same. What? Yeah, it looks the same. So naturally, those are, that's good things to put into your body. Yeah, right? yeah. you want to look the same in two years, right? <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> I mean, are they going to eat it or was it just, <laughs> they just want to look at it? They're just looking at it. Just yeah, that's... They need to eat it. Yeah. Or get someone to eat it. Someone will eat it. That's it. I mean, if, if you leave it in the wrong place. But the sign is very clear that says, hey, this is two years it's old. It's very hard to, like, tour, tour, doing, like touring with comedy, it's, it's hard to not eat shitty because your convenience is your enemy. Right. And so when you need to eat quickly or you're in a club and there's food there and you can't, you don't plan it, then... You're just like, all right. I'm just, now. I just I, I have to stay alive, so I'm just eating whatever's yeah. here. And uh, just get the Cobb salad. Every club's got a Cobb salad. Yeah, the healthiest thing at a, at a club is is either the club or like just a, a Caesar. But yeah. sometimes the chicken is breaded and that sort of thing. And you're just like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's always breaded. <laughs> the yeah, chicken is but, always breaded. But you just go. But then there's time. But that's like always like the the lone healthy thing on the menu. And then you, it just gets tiring after like five days of shows. And you're just like, <laughs> all right, screw it. I'm gonna get the pizza. You know. <laughs> and then it's just like a, a rabbit hole. You don't want to go down it. Do you? Uh, when you're shooting in rural Georgia, do you have is is your life pretty well planned out day to day? Um, like meal wise, meal wise or- and schedule wise, like do you kind of know like we work in these days. These other days, I'm just going to go into Atlanta. Do you go into Atlanta at all? I live in Atlanta. You do, and okay. then uh, we shoot an hour south, right? And so, um, but I'm not working every day. I mean, there's like there was a couple episodes where I like was in every day, and um, that drive kind of sucks. But I figured. Because I thought about like living down where we shoot, but Andrew Lincoln lives up in Atlanta, and like he's in every day. If if he can do it, then I can do it. You right. Know? So, um, yeah, when I'm not shooting, it's like it's very much like trying to get caught up on life with all the things that I, I should have been doing while I was shooting, and it's a little easier to kind of like make my own meal and everything. But you know, when you're on a TV set, like they just have so much food around all the time, and that's all I do is eat. Like because you're just sitting around, just like it's sh- the worst. shoveling macaroni and cheese in your mouth you know yep craft service which i understand the idea behind it they want to keep you happy and they want to keep you comfortable and you know putting good food out good comforting food out is a way to do that but it's really is really tempting yeah just go over and like oh i've been over four times already yesterday was so we were so busy at work yesterday that the salad that i got for lunch i ate uh, during the writer's meeting at 11 a.m this morning Wow. Like, it was just crazy. I and what did it look like? Was it still in you shape? You know, the avocado did, it... did not look great, but uh, I still went Taco for Bell it. Taco Bell should, you know, <laughs> take some notes. <laughs> yeah, it did not look the same as it did yesterday, Taco yeah. Bell. Here's a note. Your food should rot at some point. That's a good sign. Your avocado should brown. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your avocado shouldn't be neon green for two years. But, you know, I think I go through these weird phases when we're shooting is like, you know, 
if I'm not, I don't know, I'll just kind of just go down this path of just like eating like crap or like drinking too much and that sort of thing. And then I, and then I'll spend like three weeks trying to clean myself up, you know, cause I feel horrible and you know, well, if it's you're just, constantly cycling out like that, you'll stay the same. Oh, okay. You're good to go. Well, thanks man. Just keep cycling. <laughs> no problem, Josh. See you later. That does it for the nurse podcast. You, Enjoy your burrito. you need to hit <laughs> at Taco Bell, double decker. Oh my gosh. It all ties together. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Basically your 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 uh your your health schedule could be the same as if like your like a sitcom schedule. Three weeks on, one week off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. That would that I would love to do a sitcom schedule again because that's like it's like a nine to five job. Or it's like nine to two. Yeah, it is. You know? Oh, and you're not even job. really working the whole time there no. that you're there. But like Walking Dead, and I'm not complaining, but here, I guess I am here. It goes. I mean, it's like 16 hours in the Georgia heat yeah. in summertime. And it's like, what are we doing? Where you, where you have to be either terrified or unhappy or sad yeah. most of the time. Most of the time. In the scene, you're not. And try to not, like while you're delivering your lines, try to not brush away, make too, you know, Big of movements to brush away a snake that's crawling up your leg, or maybe you guys can do a bubble episode where you're trapped and somehow you found a working elevator, and uh, then you just remember all the funny. Remember times. that time <laughs> when? Remember that goofy Clip zombie? Show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, when we pulled that fat walker out of the well. Remember when Judith was born? Oh, that was Ew. sad too. <laughs> Everything's sad. Yeah, everything goes back to being. What sad. if you guys just? Right, you get here's. I'm just pitching it out there. I'll maybe I'll tell Kirkman when he comes by at midnight. Uh, you guys uh, get trapped somewhere. You start reminiscing, but you reminisce about old episodes of Night Court. <laughs> so the bottle episode is just that. You guys talking about Night Court? Remember when there Bull, is popular culture yeah. in this world? So you guys remember when Mel just... Torme stopped by and Harry just missed him? <laughs> the Velvet Fox. Part of the episode, we're just trying to recreate the magic tricks that. A wild. I wonder how the fans would. How one of the fans do, would deal oh with God, it. They would still would love it. Fucking love that. Yeah, I don't if know you guys, we could shit in a what box. What if you guys just love sat around talking about like uh, remember right before the uh, the zombies started coming, the low winter sun was on. <laughs> Let's take a look. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'd go. Remember when low winter sun was on? Everyone would go. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Lenny James. Well, the guy at the end of the episodes now? Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So they're related is what you're saying. Dear AMC, please make a Walking Dead clip show of other television shows. I feel like AMC could get away with that and like the fans would still love it. Because like, I was a huge fan of the show before I came on it. And like yeah. I would love it. I'd yeah. be like, oh, this is... Interesting. It'd be really crazy if they sat around talking about just different things from popular culture because they gotta at some point in their downtime just go. Ah, fuck. I heard there was this Seinfeld? one science teacher in Albuquerque who was making meth. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. I-, I remember it went something like this. No, you're not doing it right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want them to be remembering the TV shows as TV shows. You want them to remember Breaking Bad. I want not... them to remember Seinfeld. Like, go about hey, guys. Let's have a contest. See who can't jerk off on a walker, just like that episode of Seinfeld. And then you show a clip of. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> I-, I will say this: there is room in the show for them to have. And I feel like it could be I totally see like a like a Glenn Eugene dialogue thing where you're like, Well, I don't think Ross and Rachel should end up together. And he's like, Well, yeah, I mean that the whole show was leading up to that. Of course they should end up together. And then Daryl's like, 
nah, man, it was too predictable. Like, you guys are basically... <laughs> Just criticize the like finales of yeah, yeah, the finales of other shows. Well, what's going on with Sopranos, man? Yeah. What the fuck happened there? <laughs> I love it. That, get, that's totally that's totally patter that would happen if you were in an apocalypse. You'd be talking about the world you came out of yeah. right. to try to establish some sort of – like they could justify it story-wise. They could justify oh, it. Oh, absolutely. But also – How many scenes are you walking through the fucking woods? Like you got to talk about I something. I know. You can't just keep talking about uh, – Talk about Lord of the Rings. You guys are walking through the oh woods. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nerdgasm right there. You guys remember that Frodo? Yes! <laughs> My precious. You're like, whoa, I, you, you hear Eugene's, my precious? Listen to him. And everyone's you doing climb a tree and you're like, wouldn't it be cool if this tree came to life and just swatted the zombies <laughs> out of the way? All right, I'll get down. But this, you know, I, every time, I don't know if this bothers you with TV shows, like whenever there's something that's kind of out of left field with like some sort of dialogue, you're like, oh, something's about to happen. Like, it's whenever it's like, kind of like when they're like driving in a car, and all of a sudden there's like a weird angle from outside the yeah. car. You're like, why yeah. are they showing? Oh, they're about to get t-boned. And right? Boom, they get t-boned. Like it would almost be like that if they do start there talking about Seinfeld or yeah. some. Well, I think. I, how about this? You do it, and yeah, you talk about you talk about Seinfeld, and then like fucking Jerry Seinfeld as a walker comes up, <laughs> and then you have to kill him. But then you guys are conflicted. You're, You're conflicted. like it's Seinfeld. I can't kill Seinfeld. Oh, stab him in the head. <laughs> like, oh, what do I do? I don't You're, know just, you're just writing Emmy videos now. I mean, <laughs> to play for the Emmys. That's true. Yeah, this is for the for the opening of the Emmys. Yeah. When I host the Emmys this year, oh great, uh, that's what we'll just do. By the there. way, I don't know what kind of. Uh, uh, feedback you got on your little uh, your rant, if I could call it a rant, when you kind of came out. We're talking about internet oh, trolls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, was that just totally? I, I don't know the story behind that. Was that like planned, or like did they know you were going to do that, or what? Because I yeah, loved I, it. Oh, thank! I told them I was going to do. I, you know, they let me write it, uh-huh. and um, uh, and I and I did it, and um, and I, I, I was mostly well received. Like, hardcore internet people thought it was stupid. They're like, they made fun of me for going. Oh, look at all these internet trolls! And it's like, yeah, because if I come out and just say trolls, like that audience isn't going to know exactly what I'm talking right. about. So I, you know, but whatever, it, it, it's fine, it's fine, it, and it was it was fun, and they were cool about it, and they, you know, they gave me free reign to like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Just, oh, that's cool. Know. So it was because I think really when cool. I was watching that, and then I was at the same time like cleaning up my comment section on Instagram, just like, <laughs> oh, shut up, I hate you, you know, or whatever. <laughs> It's like the more the more I kind of like look at the comments on on the internet and stuff. It's like twelve year olds, and I'm just like, guys, shut up! You can't get too, you can't take it you can't take it too seriously. I do though. That's the problem. <laughs> I do. Well, and especially it must be so interesting to be immediately thrust into the most popular universe in television right right now. Yeah, because um, people are just so passionate about it, whether they like you or not. They're either right. passionate that they love you or passionate that they hate you. Right. And it's like, it's great, but it's also like, for me, I just want to be liked, you know? Yeah. And so when someone's like, man, fuck you, Gene, why didn't they kill him instead of Beth? I'm like, oh, God, no, leave me alone. <laughs> Kimple's trying to tell a story here. Just let him. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, and then you just go, well, they're 12 years old. Like, who cares? You can't let that get at you or anything. But it is very weird to all of a sudden go from like no one knows who you are to everyone kind of stopping you or like looking at you and staring at you too long. I would love to see someone, you know, just sort of take a let the fans write an episode, like sort of like 
put it out there and be like, listen, I want you guys, you think you're fucking so good at writing this episode, everybody take a page, and then we'll shoot it. I'll tell and you what. watch it, that episode. It would, either, it, it would either be... It's a Doctor Who Christmas special, It would either everyone. be amazingly brilliant, or it would turn out like when um, Homer's brother lets him design the car. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> then, exactly what it would turn out like. <laughs> I'm ruined! Well, but all these people do fan fiction and stuff, and I've I've actually read some of it. And gets you real hard. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> all right. like Glenn and Eugene stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's like an Instagram account called Glue Gene. <laughs> yeah. they, yeah. they do like mashups between the two of us, and like anytime I post a picture of just me and Steven, they they go nuts and That's they like fantastic. steal it, put hearts around it or whatever. But um, you know, I've so I've read some of it, and it's just like. Okay, you know that's kind of an interesting storyline, but that'll never work. But you know, you can't like get too critical over it because right. they're just not TV writers. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm very uh, I actually I've seen the dark side of the Walking Dead fan uh, universe, and then but for the most part, people are very nice to me. Like I I actually. In the beginning, you know, a bunch of people are always like, "Fuck you! What are you doing? You can't! You're new! Fuck you!" Yeah. And then after a little while, then they're like. Okay, yeah. okay, you're cool. You're okay now. That guy's still around. Let's go say hey. Yeah, I mean, I still get, I still get my fair share of fuck you. You're a douche, but for the most part, people are super nice and supportive. But and what do the fans say? <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm in public, they, you know, like I, I've never had, I've never had like a dickhead fan experience. I always be like, oh, Walking Dead. Like they're super nice and they love the show because there's something about the show that I think. People like it's an event for people. Like they watch yeah. it with their families. It's like a real bonding experience for a lot of people. And so I find them to be pretty, pretty cool about it in general. You know, like there are some things that some people like it'll stuff will rub them the wrong way and they'll get they'll get mad. But I, I find that to be to to be such a minuscule percentage of the overall. Like I'm super I'm super excited and happy and thankful that the. Um, you know that I've even peripherally be allowed to sort of be involved in yeah. all of it. It's pretty. It's pretty neato. It's fun. I mean, I so Tony Hale, who uh, like Tony. Buster from Arrested Development, was um, like when this all, had all started. I he, he was talking about like um, just like don't like if fans are like going nuts over you. It's not about you. It's about them, and make sure that you keep it about them. Which was, I think, an interesting perspective because I think, like, for a celebrity, they could sit there and think that, oh, yeah, look at all these accolades I'm getting and, like, start to get a big head or, like, get a misinterpretation of the situation at times. But if they make it about the person who wants to just share with you, like, oh, we get together with our friends yeah. and we watch a show yeah. and all that and just kind of pour your energy into that. Then it makes it more fun. And so, like, that was great advice for me. And I, I was like, this is awesome. And that's all I've done because I was such a huge fan of the show. Yeah. That now I can share in the excitement with you and not be this, like, you know, figure. I could just be, like, a fan like you. Yeah. And at that point, like, I think that kind of eliminates a lot of dicks sometimes mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're interacting with people. I mean, there have been a few stinkers. Like, <laughs> I've had this – I was walking around in Sonoy, Georgia, where we shoot, and um, this guy came up to me, and he's like, hey, you know, there's already a lot of tours down there, and, like, fans were already there. Mm. And I was just trying to, like, get away just so I didn't, you know, get mobbed or anything. And he's like, oh, my God, Eugene. He, like, grabs my arm. And I was like, okay, that's a little aggressive. But I'm trying to remain happy about it, you know. He's like, can I get your autograph? I'm like, sure. And he, like, pulls out a dollar bill to sign. I'm like, okay, I'll sign a dollar bill. And he's like, you got a pen? <laughs> like, no, I don't. And he's like, who's got a pen? And meanwhile, he's like holding my bicep, like, not letting me go. He's like, who's got a pen? I got Eugene here, blah, blah, blah. 
And I was just like, oh my god, like it's just people I like he, that. I that the story was going to end with you signing the dollar and him putting handcuffs on you, going, "I'm a federal agent. You just deface <laughs> you just money. The law. You're not supposed to deface <laughs> currency." <laughs> Are you not supposed to do that? Hey, guys, I just arrested Eugene. Look over here. <laughs> are, you, are you really not supposed to do that? You're not I did supposed to write on money. Technically, yeah. you're not supposed to do You're not supposed to write on money. Man, and he posted pictures it's online. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no one's going to take it down for All right. That's all we needed. Yeah. Then, <laughs> the I mean, unless you get into organized. just fall backwards. <laughs> and, yeah. and you're already in a prison. Chris, oh, my God. Chris deflates. <laughs> 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 oh god, that would be so. That's like one of my worst fears is to get arrested, man. I don't want to get arrested at all. No. Well, I, when I was a kid, I always thought it was going to happen. I was like, I'm going to get arrested for something. I used to get really freaked out by uh, by the idea of when I was a kid, I had the wrongful arrest phobia. It's like I'm going to get arrested that for something, and then, and then like it's like like my cousin Vinny. It's yeah. like. Just weird set of circumstances. Like, no, but I didn't. They're like, but it, this all this evidence points to you're going away. Yeah, yeah. And then you're, and then there's nothing you can do about it. Nope. You know, and you just have to make do in prison. And I you're just like, I'm innocent. I'm like, sure you are. Like, no, I know everyone says that, but I'm really innocent. I'm still like when they, I think they say like the the guilty man can sleep through the night or something like or, or what is that like in prison like. Look for the guy who's sleeping soundly through the night because he's the guilty one. Oh, and. And I'm like, what? No, man. Like, when I do something and I feel guilt, I'm up all night. Like, oh, my God, they're going to catch me or, you know, freaking out. Like, I've never understood that. You kind of get your lot in life. You go, well, they got me. Might as well go to sleep. But if you didn't do it, you're like, fuck, how do I get out of here? I didn't do this. Yeah, I'm just, I'm still scared of getting arrested, you know, and, and... Well, don't do anything stupid. I'm always afraid of, well, that's the thing. Like, I I do dumb things that all of a sudden I'm, I'm like, well, that could have gone a lot worse and like you know i could be in prison now or something like i'm afraid that all of a sudden i've like like i'll have dreams maybe i shouldn't say this on a podcast but i've had dreams where i've like assassinated a head of state or something like that and i'm like how what happened inside of me that failed like that allowed me to go purchase a gun and to like plan out this whole situation where i'm gonna like kill the president of some country or whatever and i was like what you know and i wake up like freaked out and i know it was just a dream but i'm just like scared that there's something inside of me that's going to fail, like some sort of checkpoint. Your Honor, Exhibit A, right here, Josh McDermott clearly lays out his plan <laughs> to assassinate the president of Ecuador. What failed inside of him? <laughs> <laughs> he says the words right there on this uh, podcast. You know what failed him? Our five-day waiting period. <laughs> I'm just, I am scared of that, so... Um, <laughs> don't assassinate anyone. It's very easy. Like, well, just don't... don't... <laughs> You just don't don't assassinate a president like of anything. All those, pe- all those people who assassinated someone, it was just like you know how easy it was to not assassinate them. <laughs> probably easier. Just don't. probably a lot easier. Probably a lot easier then. Hey kids, this is Josh McDermott from Walking Dead reminding you: don't assassinate. Do you presidents. know? Do you know how little planning goes <laughs> into not assassinating someone? Yeah, you just have to not do it. Although. I do understand what he's talking about. Oh, of like, course. It's, it's the whole thing of like when I see a cop's gun and I want to grab it and just go. <laughs> no. What are you talking about? <laughs> wait. Matt. Wait. One wait. step I'm with far, you, man. Right? I'm with you. No. You don't have that in I your head? I stare at a cop's gun. You don't gun. have that in your head. Like there's like the little flicker in you that goes, what is preventing me? What is it about me as a human being that prevents me from flipping the little button up, okay, pulling out that, his gun? I'll tell you what I do have. i tell you what I do have. Sometimes when I'm around... If I'm around like an authority figure like that, or like frail people, like like an older person, mm-hmm. there I do have the thought of like, what if I just punched this person in the face? Like, what would happen? Yeah, you yeah. know, like 
that would be the worst thing I could do. It's like your brain. No, I have that. There, with there, mu- there must be a biological. Well, that's because you hate people. There must be. I think there's a biological thing that happens in your brain where your brain maps out all of the possible scenarios for how the interaction could go, yeah. and what the good choices are and what the bad choices are. And the bad one is like, oh, that would. If I did that, everything would be over. Like, right. You, it's like you're playing out the worst case scenario. Not so much for the actual. The, the for the for the actual incident of doing it, but just the fallout, like everything that would happen, at what would happen, how much yeah. trouble would I get yes. in, how yeah. ruined, right. yeah. what would I hurt this person, how terrible would this be? It's like it's the same thing of like when I'm up on a tall building of going, what's stopping me from jumping? Like I hope my brain doesn't fail exactly in the yeah, same yeah. way, and a little circuit doesn't zip around, and then like, whoa, why'd I do this? And maybe that's what maybe that's. That's why people end up doing things like that because whatever the whatever the checkpoint is fails them. Now you're going to give him more anxiety because now he's going to no, be. No, you have that the, you. Have I think it. you're fine. You have the checkpoint in place. You're aware of the for checkpoint. now. But what if I like take some sort of? Oh, you that's know, on you, Josh. Pill for uh, like a, a headache or something. I don't want to say a brand name or anything, but like you know, you take something and all of a sudden that makes my checkpoint. Well, I'm glad you want to say a brand name after McDonald's and Taco Bell <laughs> and everything else. Now you want you don't want to take down the Bear Aspirin Company. <laughs> Uh, they're like the mob, man. <laughs> They'll come after you. But it's interesting. Like I've, I've got big aspirin. I'm up for indie aspirin, you guys. I've gotten in my uh, car sometimes. I'm driving to work, and I'm like, what if I just like a guy will walk across the sidewalk? What if you hit guy, him? What if I'd hit him? What if I vehicular manslaughter that guy? And then I think of like all the different ways that day then goes. I'm like, I don't go to work. I have to deal with the. Well, you know, Marin used to have a bit about that. It was a really great bit about something to do with ha- we were having a shitty day. And then you're driving, and then you just imagine hitting someone with your car, and what that would be. And he sort of like maps out like what it would do to your life and what it would do to their life, you know. And then you just snap, and you're like, "Ha! Oh, I didn't fucking kill anybody." And like all of a sudden, your day goes better. Like it's it's true. Like you That's, really, yeah. But I've wondered, like, what if I just like head-on collision someone coming the other way? Like, would I live? Would they live? Like, what kind of damage would it do? <laughs> like. That would be scary. I that's, think these are just. I think these are human but thoughts. That's I what hope makes so. Rockstar's Grand Theft Auto Five the greatest <laughs> video game. Taking of it around all time. Taking it around to GTA. You can 5. do all of those things and see what would happen. I mean, granted, when you die, you just have to pay five thousand dollars and you're back to life. But just like in real life, just like yeah. in real life. Oh, yeah, that would be so five awesome. grand. Do you guys ever get sad that like this is our only life? Nah, I get sad. I'm good with it. You know, when I think about, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because when I think about, to me, it just seems like a lot of work to start over another. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. You know, I've have to do so many things to get to this point. Yeah, so much. It, it's just like I, I think of the entire pile of work of living for that many decades, it's like learning to talk and, and then doing it over again, and learning and getting your heart stepped on and. F- fucking up and every you know like not all the all the failures and the having to work hard but what if the, you what if you still what if you retain the knowledge that you have now to start your life over at this point you know what i mean and then you can start your life over and then it's like then you're not going to worry about getting rejected you know what though but the, there's a great twilight zone episode about yeah. that then your life goes an entirely different way because you yeah. try to change it there's the it's the twilight zone episode where the guy who uh the the, the guy who runs a big company is it starts off he's in his office and he's bored there's no joy left in his life because he's conquered every mountain and there's a janitor in there and you know like oh we gave you a watch for your retirement he's like that's right 35 years or whatever and then so the 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 boss um uh, wants Who to is sell played the by demo. the guy in UHF, right? 
No. The guy that rode into the station? Oh, e- oh yeah. Oh, fuck. I think he might have just passed away, too. Yeah. Um, uh, look up... E- the guy that owns Channel 8 on, in UHF. Uh, that I, actor. I, his name's into my tongue, and I, it's... Fuck. Anyway... So he, so Julie Newmar as the devil shows up. I'll say, and she, uh, she says, "All right, I'll send you back." And you know, like he, he wants to go back in time with the knowledge that he has now, and 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 amass his fortune again. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. yeah. So he uh, he goes back in time, but he has all this knowledge about what's to come, and he wants to go drill in this one spot where he knows there's like an oil or some there's some sort of natural resource. Uh, but the the sort of caveat, the sort of Faustian clause thing, is that he uh, the technology does not exist for him to extract that material. Oh. So it completely ruins his life. And then it cuts to later, and there's a the roles are reversed. Like the janitor is now the boss, and he's the janitor. Oh wow! Like Thirty five years, you know. Wow. And then the devil laughs, and then it's and then nice they- try, asshole. <laughs> And it's just him and the janitor constantly repeating that fate. They just go back and forth. This, yeah, tandem. Well, I didn't mean to bring up that question then. Okay, good. Because well, of your answer, fine. just like <laughs> shut me down hard. No, you're right though. I, of course, it'd be amazing to go back and. But I Is think you know what I think, you think you'd go like I'd go back in time and like I'd write Jaws and then. But uh, you wouldn't write Jaws. I'm just saying. Like, but because it, it would, it was like there are so many other like. When you think one-dimensionally like that, it's not just that someone wrote Jaws. There's probably a right. million Jaws that got written. It's just he had the right time, the right cast, the no, well, industry, the right. culture. Like everything, yeah. everything, was, every, like everything was just in the sweet spot. All the events were lined up for that to be a success at that time. You couldn't – like if he had made Jaws – like who knows if you had made Jaws in like 1960. Maybe it wouldn't have turned out right. the same. Maybe the – you know, like you just – I just, I just don't believe that everything's like, oh, if I just did this at another, at then or at another time as me. What if I just went back to like 1958 and tried to join the Beatles? Uh, then you would have ruined the Beatles because oh, you're they right. wouldn't have been the same. You're right, but I would have written all the songs for them. And then you, and then, and, and you know, and <laughs> or now you'd be like, like uh, hey, uh, why don't you say, hey, Jude? <laughs> When I walk away. <laughs> every time I just walk away like that. But they're creeped finger. out by you, so they clearly so they purposely don't say hey Jude. Oh no. <laughs> hey Jaws. Whoa. <laughs> Paul McCartney wrote Jaws. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think changing that one thing. But I think if you had your knowledge now and you like went back to high school, like, oh all those girls I didn't talk to, all those times I was scared when I didn't need to be scared. You know, I think you wouldn't care about the stuff you cared about when you were yeah. that age. So it would be like, I don't fucking care. These people are idiots. And so I think that's why you have to apply all of that in the present tense. Yeah. Like, do all this stuff go, oh, well, I'll just live the life I wish I had lived. You know, yeah. like, I'll make all the choices and not be afraid Because if you now. go back in time, you're not going to want to touch your eighth grade girlfriend's boob. You're going to be like, wait a mm. second, I'm a 30-year-old man. <laughs> am I going to get arrested by time cops? <laughs> I can't do this. Because they know. You touch her boob, the walls fall away. You're in prison. Oh, no! Chris Hardwick to plates. What is he doing here? <laughs> what is he doing here? And, uh, enjoy your burr. <laughs> it was a trap. <laughs> Akbar. <laughs> yeah. But I think those are I think those are I think most people have those worst case scenario. What if I did something that horribly altered the course of my life thoughts and i think that's all those are and it's anxiety and uh and i and i really do believe 
the worst questions that you ask in your life start with what if. There's yeah. never, right. a, you know, what if I'm a huge success? Like, you never say that. It's always like, what if I ruin this? What if I, you know. Or you're like, something? what if Jack Nicholson was the president? Right. And then you do your impression. I think it might go <laughs> a little something. Oh, like this. <laughs> Hi, it's weird that I'm in blackface now. <laughs> oh, because Jack Nicholson. No, that's Jack Nicholson no, playing no, the president. You just did an entirely different thing. You just. I'm just saying, what if he was the president? Oh, what if he I was? I want to know pres- why the president's in blackface. Because he's Jack Nicholson is playing Barack Obama. So in your mind, oh, uh, Jack Nicholson currently. impersonated the president. He was playing the president. No, as a role, he was no. playing now the president. Because I think we just learned a lot about your inner feelings. What? What are you talking about? You're just going to the places we don't want to. What do you? <laughs> Matt, please. It's Chris. There are so many caverns in the Myraverse. Oh, I you don't want to go in there. Don't, don't look in there. Do not look in there. Matt, Matt's emotional core is sort of like, you know, I, I think maybe in South America they poured a bunch of concrete into an ant colony. Yeah. And then they, like, let it harden and they chipped away all the dirt around. And it was this insane, like, and this is the chamber that vents all of the garbage. And here's this other. And here's the birthing. It was a complex... Uh, in, in, did you ever see that? What did you know? You never saw that? No, it's unfucking. Oh, oh, oh actual concreted. Uh, yeah, they dumped. Ant they gallon? found an ant hill and they dumped concrete in it, and they. And it was like a huge big, one, and it was, it, it was mind blowingly enormous and incredibly complex and and intricate and incredible. And that's what I think. That's what I think. Your emotional core is like this, concrete. This series of this series of chambers and twists and trash. I think shoots. of it as a warp core, always about to breach. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just constantly just, hearing this in your head. It's just a klaxon, constantly going off. rerouting uh, main power through the secondary coupling. And you're constantly hearing Major Roddenberry's voice always uh, in your head. Every night I go to sleep. <laughs> What's well, gonna be? Uh, do you talk about this stuff on stage ever? No, not yet. I want to. I got a lot of stories and stuff that I kind of want to get into. Have you been writing more? Uh huh. I've been writing a lot, and so I mean, I love like storytelling and stuff. I love um, uh, like the moth and that that sort of you know. I it's very compelling to me. And yeah. it, Like to me, like I'm sorry, I, I don't understand what the moth is. Don't say it's a podcast. <laughs> oh no no no. Oh, oh I, I did not mean to mention yeah. anything <laughs> other than the nerd. There's podcast. no other anything other uh, than yeah. I really love cereal, so I'm gonna kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope I don't kill someone and then get accused, and then uh, and then I'm on a podcast. Oh my God, I am addicted to that one though. I haven't, I haven't, it. I haven't fully listened to it because I listen to your podcast. Oh, and I'm not just saying that to like save myself from this. No, you're but, like, like say I enjoy do. your burrito at the same time I did. No, I know you knew the distance. We we like had a connection there, man. <laughs> I I feel like I, it would be like speaking of like a clip show or something. You know, th- here's the thing that like you to me, Matt. You yeah. always have you have like the best job here because. You just get to interject with whatever you want. Uh-huh. Chris is like driving the ship uh-huh. here, but like, I, there's so many things that like I'll be listening to something and I'm like, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is talking about something like, oh god, I wish I could say this in that moment. You know, it's like I want to just come in with a pad oh, of sure. paper yeah, yeah, yeah. sometime. Like, no, it's like Matt. One time you brought up uh, <laughs> something about Fraser, and um, 
Which you could just say in general. You yeah. are our fans during our equipments at live shows. <laughs> that's that's what they do. But I'm do. just like, what? So like, all I want to say is, no, I agree. <laughs> uh, Chris, during the episode with, you know, wouldn't it have been funny if instead of deflating, you went into a tiny Jetsons like suitcase? Yep. <laughs> like, but you could totally. You should do a show like that where you just play clips, like funny moments from we different be, interviews. We could do a trap in the elevator episode. You know, it wouldn't even be. I would like to not do. What if we did not so much a trapped in the elevator episode, but we did a uh, an episode of I don't know how it would work, but a commentary episode. Like we did commentary on an episode of a podcast. Well, that would just be super annoying because you you would. Be... Oh, we can we can uh, pull down the audio while we're saying whatever we're saying, or like a mystery science theater three thousand audio version. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, the, but the, the manpower involved with going through six hundred and twenty. It'd be like, what if we had thirty employees? <laughs> but they have to do other what? things, Matt. They can't just focus on pulling so clips frustrated for right now. Episodes. I'm just really annoyed. He just rolled his eyes. He's like, ah, whatever. Well, I'll tell you so. what. You know, like if people, I mean, it, it would have to be a communal effort of people submitting. Like, here, here was a moment that I liked, and here's the time code, and then. Um, and then, and then that way we could have Katie. Uh, listen, uh, Reddit.com forward slash r forward slash nerdist. Get on this. Yeah, right. yeah. Actually, yeah. If, if if people spent several months compiling moments, like we could create, we I think we could do an ele- a trap in the elevator episode because that would still give us the opportunity to talk. Yeah. In between, it'd be interesting. The clips, it'd be fun. Do like a best of. Like I did. So I did radio for like fourteen years. And as the producer of this show, like I would every Saturday morning, we did like the best of the week yeah. sort of thing. And I had to edit all that stuff together. It is a huge undertaking. Yeah, that's brutal. And then sometimes there's just like, you know, you go through a week and it's just like a dead week where nothing happened. And you're just like fighting for a clip that could air on Saturday <laughs> morning at 6 a.m. when nobody's listening anyway. But like, I feel like you have a lot of content as it is that you could, you know, yeah. do something like that. You could do something fun like we that. Had, uh, we had the Attack of the Show weekend edition, remember? Yeah, I remember. That was the, the way to not have to shoot five days a week. Beautiful. There you go. Um, was brilliant. What, where did you do radio? In Arizona. That's where oh. I grew up. Yeah. Which part? Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because before we came in, you said you went to Phoenix for New Year's. Yeah. So I did, um, when I was like 14, I did a. Um, do you remember that song, Achy Breaky Heart? Yes. Um, it was like right when that, you realize you have a mullet right now, and you're telling us. <laughs> no, I know it's like heart. You do not understand. Like this has come so full circle. You don't even know. Like my, I have a headache, and I want to take Bayer aspirin, but I trash talked him earlier. Um, so it was like right when that song, like people started to turn on that song and hate it because it was so popular, and then like, man, we've heard enough, and right. and whatever. So I would listen to this. This was like early '90s. I listened to this radio show called Tim and Willie. And um, I wasn't like into country music, but it was almost like if Letterman had his own radio show, like they were just fun and goofy or whatever. So I listened to it. I'm 14, waiting for the school bus. And uh, I decided to call up and just do a dumb voice and request Achy Breaky Heart. And I just like, hello, my name is Kako. Can you play Achy Breaky Heart for me? <laughs> and they're like, what? What, who is this? You know, and I, you know, I told him my name's Kako, and I was born in England, and my father was in the Royal Air Force, and we moved to the Philippines when I was two. Like, it was all <laughs> bullshit, obviously. And this is, like, pre-internet. Yeah. And I'm 14 years old. I don't know where I came up with any of it, but I, like, committed to this character and just did it. And um, so they're like, oh, Kako, what are you going to do today? And I was like, oh, I'm going to look for a job. And they're like, okay, well, let us know how that goes. And then I'd call up the next day, and I'm like, I didn't find a job. And like, <laughs> I'm just, there's like, what, who is this guy calling us, you know? And so literally, they're like, call us anytime you want. And I literally called every day. 
and it became this bit on their show. They had no idea I was a fake dude. It became this bit where like Kako couldn't find a job, so like people are calling up, going like, "Hey, I got a landscaping company. He can come work for me." And then of course I wouldn't show up because I had to go to class because I'm 14 years old. And then they'd call the next day, like, Kako's a lazy bum. He never showed up for work. <laughs> and then they'd call me at home, and I'm like, oh, I fell asleep or whatever. <laughs> and, like, I was just – I just pulled the wool over their heads. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, like, dicking around, right? And then I started, I started calling up as Josh and using my voice and saying, could you play the phone call from Kako from yesterday? Like, I'm a, I missed it. And so I'm, like, marketing myself and everything. That's amazing. And I had, like, ten different characters I was doing on their show, and they had no idea – it was one dude. And, like, I don't do voices or anything. I just commit to a character and just go for it. And then, um, so they started inviting Kako down to the radio station. And instantly they're like, you're not Filipino. Because I told them I, I grew up in the Philippines. But I, I never broke the character. I reminded them. I was like, no, I was born in England. And my father was in the Royal Air Force. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, they just, like, <laughs> believed it. And I had enough knowledge about the Philippines, like just I like glanced at an encyclopedia that they asked a couple questions almost as like to, to vet me a bit. And like they're like, what do you think about uh, Aquino? And I'm like, oh, Corazon Aquino, I don't like her. You know, like just like I wow. don't know where I came up with that knowledge, you know, probably the encyclopedia. But they're just like, OK, we believe them. And I sat in on their show for like eight months. Every morning, you and then went I went into the studio. I went into but the they studio. Didn't recognize that you were like fourteen. Well, I I didn't look fourteen. I looked a little older. I told him I was twenty six. Uh huh. I didn't look twenty six, but I was you know I was a little bit older. They just believed it, man. And so they had no reason not to believe it because I just ever, like committed. Did they ever write a check to Kako? Well, no. That was the thing. The, the big bit was like, let's find Kako a job, and um. So then they're like, we were off the air once, and they're like, Kako, you know. We, can, we can't find you a job. Like, you should just work down here. You spend all your time down here anyway. And that's when I, like, broke character. I got scared. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to fill out paperwork or whatever. Like, I go, this is my real voice. And they were just like, holy shit. And I said, by the way, I'm also this guy, this guy, that guy. And I named everyone. <laughs> Did you get on the air? No, this was off the air. And they're like, you're half the people that ever call this show. <laughs> you, you need to work down here. And so, like, I worked down there for 14 years. See, that was, the, that was a nice sitcom ending where you thought they were going to be like, leave this place. And they're yeah. like, I like your moxie. Yeah. That is and amazing. It was, a, it was a fun. So I, that's, I was working there. We became syndicated for a while. And like I was their executive producer, and I had fun. That's an amazing story. But I started to hate it after a while. Were you only like 17 or something? Like, um, I was 19 when we started syndicating. Wow. Yeah. And at that point, you know, five years in or whatever. Oh, my God. But it was just like, I was doing the news at one point. I like, <laughs> I, I was doing the news when Phil Hartman died. Oh, <laughs> no. And like, that was 98. Yeah. And they're like... And, you know, they're not, like, listening to the news, but they're, like, trying to make me laugh and everything. And so I'm, like, cracking up while I'm, like, saying these serious stories. And I was just like, I can't, I can't do the news anymore. Well, I wasn't Kako at that point. I became Jeff the janitor. They, they made it like, oh, let's pull the janitor and let him do the right. news, you know. And so, I mean, it was just, like, this weird moment of, like, trying not to laugh at these guys while I'm announcing to the horrible things. To Arizona yeah. that Phil Hartman passed away. And... um but we just, I just kind of started to get sick of it because it became, we got bought out by a corporate company and they're slashing budgets and all that stuff. So I started to do stand up. That's kind of where I, I was like, well, I like writing and I kind of don't want to be behind the scenes anymore. I'll just go on stage and do stuff, you know? Like at the Tempe Improv. At the Tempe Improv. That's where I, I started. Nice. Yeah. 
There's a good um, the other room in, in Arizona. Stand Phoenix, up live. Stand up live is a fun room too. I haven't done that because they opened that after I moved to Los Angeles. And, it's a good room. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I have friends who who've done it. and They love it. That's great. I like it there. Well, uh, yeah. Well, one of these times you should you know if you want to come down to Meltdown and do stand up, yeah. or you should totally do a Big Mac attack. You could do a Big Mac attack, <laughs> please. Please, <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Matt wants to see nothing more than to watch your Big Mac attack. What'll be funny is if you do it, and for some reason the audience is sort of lukewarm on it, but then Matt in the background will be like, bah! like you'll just hear this one crazy, just one clap. <laughs> it's Matt. No, Matt will fucking Matt. Matt will go like Def Jam and oh, like oh, fall yeah. out of the chair. Oh, all right. <laughs> I can't wait. I need that. It's I need Matt happening. in every show I do. It's like a GIF in my head. It's a GIF. I've, I've seen the whole thing. For some reason, you have a black leather jacket. I don't know why. I don't but, own one, uh, but I'll I'll do it for that's you. That's what you pull it out of. So we can't. Uh, we're actually at an hour. That was an hour just went by. Oh my gosh! I know it goes by so fast. Wow. And we uh, we obviously can't. As people are like, why don't you talk about Walking Dead? Because there's no, we can't talk about anything. Well, right. Don't worry. They're already gonna be mad that we spoiled that Beth died. Even though Facebook already did. No, you have till like if something airs over the weekend, you have to like Tuesday or Wednesday. Not that not, next week. Not two months. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, guys, but this, I'm not. Arguing logic. Why are you arguing I logic? I agree with both oh, of you. What's He's really right raging now. right now. What the internet's gonna do? Oh wait, the the phone's ringing. Hello, is this Kako? Yes, um, I want to know why Matt is roid raging. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Matt, Kako has. Kako, get a fucking job. <laughs> why didn't you show up to that job interview yesterday? Uh, Matt had me locked up in his bedroom. <laughs> All right, Kako, you weren't supposed to say beating that. Beating me with a leather strip. <laughs> Also, remember the Big Mac attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I would beat him with Big Macs. Did you that tell anyone at school, or were you kind of like, were you like Hannah Montana of Phoenix Radio? I was like, yeah, I didn't tell him I was in school or anything. I no, just, your school. Oh no, no one. In, I think like I didn't even tell my parents. And then every once in a while, I'd, you I didn't think tell I finally them you were going to work Monday through Friday at a radio <laughs> station instead of going to school. Well. They, hey, Josh, your dad wants to know why you... Divorced parents, that, you know, well, they have other things to worry about. How come you got a about. nicer car than your old dad? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I, eventually, I told my parents, and then I would even say, like, oh, yeah, I called this, the show again today. My dad would just be like, all right. Like, he didn't <laughs> care, you know? But um, I know there was this kid in uh, who worked for, like, an alternative station, or said he did. And uh, this was at the time I'm going down to the country music station. And he's and like this kid was, like, a rock star in our school because it's like, oh, everyone listens to this cool radio station, and he works there. And, like, he would talk about things that were... He was just making shit up. Like, he didn't work there. And I was, like, fuming because I was working at a radio station, but I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't want to, like, you know, expose the fact that I was uh, doing a character. That's really funny that you didn't... That your ego didn't get the better of you to be like, I want to... Especially as a teenager, to, like... To dr- I know to power trip because all I've ever wanted was like for like to be liked and to be like a cool kid or whatever you know you would think that like that would instantly make me be like no let let me trump this because there are two things that I would have loved to have happen number one is you to stand up in the lunchroom and go you don't work at a radio station she's like how do you know and you go because I am cucko and then everyone <laughs> fucking like she like carries you out and you get cheered or, or the other the other thing too is the other way is that uh, you know people find out that you're friends with cucko and then like you hear him on the morning announced like how the fuck did you get cargo in here yeah i i should have done something well maybe you can go back and change everything bring a camera crew with me and uh Go back in time. Well, that would be great. Kako is your sitcom. Like that's your sitcom waiting to happen. I know. I'm actually. Um, I've got it trademarked. Just so nobody <laughs> does that. Kako.com. 
Yeah, Kako.com. Kako.net's different. Um, yeah, I no, it's actually something that I want to write, and it's um, it. In all seriousness, I did trademark it. I, no, like, I trademarked you a few. To, yeah, okay. yeah. You know who my lawyer is? Is uh, Chunk from the Goonies? Do you guys know Jeff Cohen? I Cullen? know he's Are you a lawyer. Serious? Yeah, yeah. I knew he was a lawyer. Yeah. If, oh, I got a gift for you guys. I brought this. Maybe this is too weird. Because like I didn't. Okay, so I listened to the show and I knew about the little guest book, but I in my in my mind you had like little trinkets and everything around. Okay. So I just wanted to get you guys like a gift. What did you get? I got you a chunk <laughs> Goonies thing. <laughs> this is fantastic. It's a chunk posable action figure. But like, I, does so he have that all over his office? Like, I, I don't know. I just I picked that up at um, the comic book store. But I only I only thought of that right now because we were talking about trademarking Kako's story. Kako and Chunko. And Chunk's the one who did it for me. I don't. <laughs> his name's Jeff Cohen, but I have to really think about what his name is because I only call him Chunk. Do you really? Yeah, he loves he, it. He's, he's cool with it. He's cool with it. I mean, he I'm is glad in, things worked out for him. Yeah. He got it. He didn't. He didn't turn into a snotty teen actor. He got a. Went to law school. Became a lawyer. I know. That's fantastic. It's awesome. You can get Mikey Mouth. Uh, you can get uh, Sloth. Like you get the whole data. You get the whole group. They only had Mikey and Chunk. That was oh, it. Dicks. I think Sloth would be the first. Sloth one Sloth is the first one to go. But I would yeah. think Chunk would be the second one to go. Well, there was only one Chunk left. There was a shit ton of Mikey's. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sean Astin. Ever the Mikey, never the Chunk. <laughs> That's what my book title is going to be called. We should probably say something about Walking Dead what do you so want that to people say? don't get mad. Okay, we'll, but, do a, we'll do a little mini Talking Dead episode. Um, so what was it like for the group you know, to know that Beth's not going to be around anymore? Um, I can't talk about that. What was it like when um, Rick really took the Rictatorship back? What, uh, does he? I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. I can't really talk Shit. about that. Okay. Okay. So when the group... All right, guys, that does it. Time for comic book, man. <laughs> <laughs> what are Walta and uh, Ming and Mike up to this week? Uh, Brian's saying something pretty funny. It's comic book, man. <laughs> well, I'm very happy. Uh, congratulations on the show. And Thanks, I'm man. So, I'm so happy, and, it's, and you're always great on our show, and I'm sure we'll see you on again at some point i hope so um and i, mean, I don't watch it i don't know what's happening i haven't i have ep- i have the episodes in the when i get all the episodes in this crazy software that i have to watch them in which time stamps and name stamps so they know oh, yeah. exactly who's and you know i have to there's a whole verification process to even log on to it and so it's very intense i have all the episodes waiting but i will not watch until feb 8 Wow. So how how far in advance of you doing the show of doing Talking Dead do you watch did you watch it a couple days before? It's or? about five hours. Oh, it's it's like day of. Yeah, I will watch like one or two and then we're live at seven. Do you just feel excited that like you know stuff before the rest of the, the world? It actually is weirdly it it, it, it it weirdly weighs on me. Yeah, it's like knowing that you're Kako. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm walking around with this Kako information. No, because, you know, I, when I, I found out, like, it was very hard for me to... I found out that Lori was going to die. I mean, I had read the comics, so I knew that sure. at some point she was probably going to die. But I found out that she was going to die, like, episode four of that that season. and uh, And so I was down there shooting, and then she walked around the corner and... Um, she was bloody, and it was clear, like, oh, it's they—they they were they it. were just shooting. Oh, they were wow. just shooting that, and uh, and so I had to sit with that for like six months, 
and like do Comic Con, and you know, she came out, and I was like, "So, what's in store for Lori?" That like I had to yeah. pretend, and I hated. The, first of all, I felt like I was having to lie to everyone, which I I felt terrible uh-huh. about. But of course, I couldn't, you know. Uh, and uh, secondly, it just was not. It just gnawed at me for months because I couldn't fucking talk about it. Yeah. So um, so I I don't I don't watch I don't watch more than a few hours ahead of time. Because that to me, that's my other like what if like. What if I were just like, you know, in that moment, so, um, you know, what's in store? I can't hold it in. Guys, she's going to die in episode four. Like, oh, what I if know. I did that? You know, like, what if I did? Like, how fast would I be fired? Pretty fucking fast. And they'd sue you, too. I'd get sued. I'd get fired. And then all the fans would want to fucking uh, tear me limb from limb. They, yeah, they want, they all want spoilers. They're like, give us some spoilers. And you're but like, they don't really, they don't really want them. Cause yeah. the, the answer to that is like, do you really want me to tell you? No, like, no, you no, say, no, no, yeah, no, That's exactly yeah. what they do. You're Mom, like, what'd you okay, get me for Christmas? Cool. Do you want me to tell you? No, 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 I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like, I, just because I was a huge fan of the show before, it's like, it's like I hit the fan lottery. Like, I get to see all the scripts and the episodes like months before they even come out. But then it's this weird responsibility of just like shutting up about it. And I'm not glad, being able to by talk. the way. I'm glad that they, because again, never knowing how close they stick to the comics, I don't know how long it was going to be for them to before they outed before Eugene got outed. As I thought, I thought they were going to drag it on longer. I mean, I knew the moment I took the job that Eugene was lying, and also, you know, if you read the comics, you know. But um, then. Uh, all of a sudden, like we had this meeting before season five started, and Gimple's like, "Yeah, we're gonna find out in episode five. I was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" <laughs> like because to me, I'm like, "Well, I'm useless." <laughs> you know, it's like I wanted it to be like, which by the way was Eugene's plight as well. Yeah, because once once he told the truth, he was he was useless. I am Eugene. <laughs> That's what it is. But I just wanted in my mind, I was like, "Oh, if it, if they announce it in episode fourteen, like that's just even longer that I'll be around because nobody knows how long they're going to be on the show." But the thing is, the reason why I think Eugene is not useless is because now I think it's interesting to find out who he actually is. Like, I think that's because that now that's a whole other journey is figuring out who this guy is. He actually he obviously has a lot of knowledge about. Like, he's obviously a smart guy. Yeah. yeah. What are his favorite episodes of Night Court? Which Night Court <laughs> did he like? Which Frasers were his favorites? Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, did would he, he kill Seinfeld? Would he murder Seinfeld if Seinfeld was a was a walker? It's uh, it's yeah, it is interesting just to find out who he is because I I don't think you know obviously the fans and the, you know the viewers want to see who he is and kind of that trajectory, but I think Eugene wants to know who he is too. Sure. You know, because he's he's just a broken man at this point. So. Um, I think the fans are going to love the second half. It's so awesome. Gimple's been doing an amazing job. And they've also, I, I feel like they've learned from what may have been perceived as previous mistakes of like, don't, you know, like, and I mean, I wouldn't even call them mistakes. It's just a different way to storytell, but like staying in one place for too long. Like they were, I, I was so convinced that Gareth was going to be like the villain for he was going to be like another governor right and then all of a sudden a couple episodes in like well he's fucking gone like yep. whoa they're not they're like he loves to throw people off yeah like problem solution yeah <laughs> it's, it, it's very quick he's, and satisfying. he's the best guy to be running this show because like he was a big fan of of the walking dead comics before he even was working on the show it's like that's what you want you right. want a guy who's just like a nerd about it because you're like yes thank you finally you're gonna do this show justice right you know? now you know not to take any way anything away from uh frank or, or Glenn Mazzara or anything, but it's like my favorite episodes, and I didn't know this because I rarely look up who wrote episodes, but my favorite episodes were clear. Mm-hmm. Were they in Morgan's apartment with all the writing? Gimple wrote that. Yep. The one where Sophia came 
out of the barn, yep. and they shot her. Gimple wrote that. Like, all my favorite episodes were written by Gimple. Can I show you something, then? Oh, I'm going to show you something. Um, then you will probably... This is horrible for an audio podcast. No, yeah. I think it's great, Chris. Um, Keep looking. But <laughs> Keep looking silently. Maybe you recognize that, Ooh. which is in my house from uh, the... What was that season two of Talking Dead? That was the in the back. That was what, that was, that was the, the, the piece in the, background, in the background, which is Sophia just coming out of the barn. Oh my gosh! And I had it reframed all fancy, and now that's it's awesome. In, now it's in my house. That's a really cool picture. See, Ooh. yeah. Wow. Ooh. What's what gonna happen supposed to get an after show? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the fans are gonna love it, man. I can't wait for it to get started again because there's gave so many Chris cool the, things. Uh, Aztec from Breaking Bad too. The Really? Did they? Aztec. Yeah, sure. Talking bad. Why not? Just give it to him. That was very nice. Yeah, very nice. What, where is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I have a bunch of breaking. That's bad on the Sony me- lot, actually. I have, I have a bunch of uh, I have a bunch of uh, memorabilia from from that from our set from that show. Yeah. But it's stuff that I don't know what to do with. Like, are you do you collect props and stuff? I'm like, I don't know what to do with any of this. Stuff. Uh, no, I have like a bunch of like. I do have a bunch of stuff that I don't need, and I in my mind I'm always like, "Oh, I'll just give this away for charity, and like they can auction it off." But like, no one ever asks me for things. <laughs> now so they will. Now I just like, now. I've accumulated this mass of shit. Now. They're gonna ask. You All now. right. At Josh, is it Josh McDermott or Josh underscore? Or what's it? What's no, it? at Josh McDermott. Just at, at Josh McDermott. Yeah, for everything. Uh, well, congratulations. Thanks, man. Good to see you and uh, have a great. I know you're recovering from the holidays. Oh yes. It was a nice binge fest. We'll, uh, I just like I just treated my body horribly, and I need I need to get back on track. Holidays it's right are to four. do sometimes. Yeah, I did. Holidays I did are too. Four. We all did. Yeah, but well, you went to the Bahamas, didn't you? I did go to the Bahamas. The people don't want to hear about this, do they? <laughs> did you uh, like we've it? We've recorded five this week. They've heard about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Then whatever. <laughs> I don't. Well, someone's ant hill is exposing wow. itself again. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody about Palm Springs again. I mean, I feel like we've done that. So Josh, I had a lovely trip to the Bahamas. Oh, good. And, I mean, uh, not fair. We'll tell you everything. It was it was really it was really nice. Yeah, nice. it was really it was really nice. And you were in Phoenix and Dallas. Yeah, and I went to the Bahamas over the Fourth of July, and I hated oh, you, it. You didn't I like it? Hated it. Did you go to Atlantis? No, I went to Sandals. I think. Oh, okay. Well, it had nothing to do with the resort. It's like the worst time of year to go there. Oh, that because I flew down from Atlanta, and I was like just looking at. I was like. It's only an hour away by air because, like, you fly from LA is probably what, like, five hour. Well, you probably have to ride? connect. I mean, I'm sure there might be some direct flights. You probably, you probably actually connect through Atlanta. Yeah, but I'm, you know, so just out of Atlanta, I was like, oh, it's an hour flight. Let's do it. And it's like it's hotter than Georgia and more humid, and it was just disgusting. Well, over New Year's, the weather was perfect. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. I it's, but, it's just, that. but it's like Arizona. I spiced, I spent New Year's in Arizona for years in Tucson and. Uh, and it's the perfect time to go there. Yeah. But in the summer, I'm sure in Phoenix, too, you probably just want to, like, rip your skin off. Yeah, you go to San Diego is what you do. Well, I remember open, I remember performing, in, performing at the Tempe Improv in August one year. Oh, yeah. July or August. And it was like you'd get one step out of a building, and then all of a sudden it was just a fucking sprint to the car or the next store or whatever because you just felt like an ant under a magnifying glass. Yep, it's just burning on you. And then especially like in August when the monsoon storms come and the, the humidity increases, so it's still just as hot, and then the, the humidity's up there at like 115 degrees. And, <laughs> oh, God. It's horrible. Well, um, what do you, oh, I can't ask you anything. No. Fuck. Well, this is starting to end awkwardly.
Well, we'll see you Honestly. on at midnight in a couple weeks, right? You're gonna, he's booked oh, yeah. down there, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're doing, you're doing, we're doing a Walking Dead version of At Midnight. Uh, Who else is doing that? Lauren Cohan uh-huh. and, and Kirkman. Kirkman. Kirkman's doing it? Yeah, yeah. Kirkman's going to do it. Can't and wait then, for him to uh, be all no, no, no. I'm gonna put into some. I'm going to put in some calls to some other folks to see if they'll drop on in. Kirkman oh. has to, you have to, uh, Kirkman just has to win it all. <laughs> you can't you can't like let someone he else will, like his, do better than him because his, then it'll be like oh hey, no, well that's no good you won Kirk I, I will like win with his special brand of sarcastic jabs no he'll say, he'll say that he'll be like he'll be like you know if you eliminate me I can have you fired and yeah he'll be like yes you don't have to keep holding that over my head <laughs> Chris uh, he's uh, <laughs> you don't have to keep that over my head. He's hilarious, man. He is absolutely. He's great. Look, you've been trying to wrap up this podcast no, 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 for like worries. twenty minutes. No, I, I, I'm no, sorry. The writers have been waiting for thirty-five. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, but I'll see you in a couple of weeks. And uh, would would you like to sign us off, Josh? Would you please do the honors? Yes. As cacao. cacao. Hey, enjoy your burrito. Cacao. <laughs> Get back to work. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts